I should have said, uh, my name is Utrid, son of Utrid. <laughs> I've been watching too much Netflix. <laughs> but my name is Mateo Salotzin. Um, we are um, coming from Lost Souls Radio. And just real quick, before we get to our guest, we just want to share a little bit about the reason why we have Lost Souls Radio. Yeah. First of all, um, we're broadcasting from Tongva uh, to Tavium territory. We want to always give props and respects, original caretakers. Uh, but yeah, so really, we, um, Mateo and I felt we, that there was a, a need to have a space, you know, kind of like a lighthearted space to unpack, you know, colonialism. And so, and also to service the gaps in our community where we, um, you know, where, you know, a lot of our community are not, as including us, are not uh, privy or aware of uh, uh, the many resources and the many things that our, our other community members are doing. So <clears throat> this is also, you know, how we go about that and, and you know, and how we, you know, our approach to Lasso's, but we, we, we do it with a little, you know, with a little satire, a little comedy, but also, you know, so it goes, you know, from, you know, it's talking about decolonizing to community things to ha 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 to and then back to ha 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 <laughs> <laughs> there we go you see right. anyway. and i know um we see have uh dr lena rodriguez coming on right here but real quick i just want to share with you this past month and uh, and i would i would encourage you all to check out the past guests that we had on here for example and the reason why we're we're also uh, emphasizing on our sisters is because this month we're um recognizing uh uh, women Nation, uh, Women uh, Internationally Monthly, even though we encourage that we honor women every day. Um, so like, for example, we had, um, we had Maritza. Maritza comes from Mexico. She actually comes from where our family's from. She comes from a Masawa community who is speaking on behalf of Masawa indigenous people of Mexico who spoke in front of the Mexican Congress. So we had her um, come on. And we also had... Um, Sara. Sa no. That's right. We had, yeah. Sa we had Sara. Sara Hasky Mendoza, who who uh, manages a program called Shinashli Girls Rights of Passage, which sets up space for young girls to have that rights of passage into womanhood and honor their their transition to uh, adulthood. And then our last sister that we had was uh, was uh, N Nicole of Indigenous uh, Journey Counseling, and uh, she really did a great uh, you know she really did a great. Uh, presentation and unpacking the indigenous approach to mental health was uh, pretty excellent. Yeah, so try try to check out some of those videos, and also we're gonna share a link later so you all can support their their work. Um, and last but not least, the last sister that we have coming up uh, within the month, and we would like to uh, bring on um, many you who do know her. If not, her name is Dr. Elena Rodriguez. And trip out, trip out how we actually, y'all and I got connected with, with uh, Dr. Elena Rodriguez. Um, we have a, we had a friend that, who transitioned uh, last year. And uh, actually, when I was looking for it, like I wanted to learn more about um, uh, two of my, my four kids are daughters. And I was asking my friend Soraya. 
I said, I am. My daughters, they're having uh, they're having uh, what we call the moon, you know, in in traditional uh, ways. But you know, their their period or their menstrual. But I was uh, I was asking my friend Saraya. I said, I don't know what to do. Like, how can I prepare? And I'll tell you how crazy it was because my older daughter had her moon, and then my younger daughter, I didn't know she was having it. So mm-hmm. my daughter, uh, she had her moon. So I went to save us to get like a heating pad or something like that, mm-hmm. and then. I remember texting Soraya, and then she was telling, she was making her suggestions. So I got a heating pad for my daughter, and as I came back, and this is like at three in the morning, I was wow. freaking exhausted. And so then, I finally went to sleep, and my younger daughter starts crying that she has cramps. And so, oh. I, so I, I guess their moons sync wow. together. Wow. So then I went back to CVS, and this is like a. Five in the morning, mm. I felt like a, a zombie dad by this time. Mm. And so I went to get her a heating dad. pad and chamomile tea. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> but but after that, I had to I contact Soraya. Soraya has actually referred um, us to Dr. Elena. And that's kind of how we started following her. Mm. But let's go ahead and let's, we're going to bring her on right now. Hello. <laughs> okay, okay, Wait, I was going to start like this. <laughs> <laughs> Is this what you guys wanted to talk about? I got my prop. I got my little props here. You know, I'm gonna educate you guys about the moon. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought I thought you were like uh, uh, from from X woman X Men. You like Wolverine? <laughs> These are honestly, these are like my secret powers. I mean, <laughs> you, you can't get any more powerful than this, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, my oh, that's what's up. <laughs> right. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Thank, thank you so much for you know, you know, you know, being with us, you know, and and then our invitation, and you rolled through. You know, I've been watching you, and um. And watching your your page and everything you 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 do is really really heavy, really intense. Sometimes it very uh, uh, blows me away, you know. Like uh, so, so so thank you. And then so then he was uh, sharing with me. He's been in contact with you. So I was like, whoa, did you really? It was almost like, oh my god, you're like a rock star or something. I'm like whoa, I'm not a rock star. Oh my god, I'm just honestly like I'm as silly as you guys. I. I love to educate patients. Sometimes I think I go a little too far. Uh, but, you know, you got to make it fun. Life is way too short. Yes, and you right? got to find a way to connect with people and mm-hmm. not be this sort of entity where people kind of see you as someone that they can't approach or talk to, you know? <laughs> you want to make it easy for people to get access to health care. And, yes. and I think the easiest way to do it is to sort of make yourself vulnerable. Mm. And... Uh, uh, and just let them know that you know your struggles are are their struggles, and I think that's important. So and, I love what you guys do. <laughs> and, and, um, and 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 could you share with us like how you how did you get to this path? How did you get here to like you know your passion? Obviously, you know like how did you how yeah, did that matter? Yeah, I, 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 uh, you mean besides I, uh, prostituting myself? No, just kidding. <laughs> No, no. Well, well, there's unions now. There's unions now. <laughs> That's one way to do it. Uh, no, you know, I, I, uh, man, I, honestly, I owe it to my mom and dad. Like they, um, you know, it could have gone, it could have gone two ways. My, my mom and dad were just so, um, 
they really emphasized uh, getting an education. My dad came here with $5 to his name. You know, he had lost three kids in Mexico and he just loved children. And he knew that if he stayed in Mexico, that it, you know, his kids would not survive. My, my siblings that died in Mexico were, uh, died from stupid things like, you know, rubella or mm. the chicken pox. And it's because they didn't have access to health care and they were just too poor. Right. Uh, and I think like honoring my parents um, because they struggled so much, I felt like I owed it to them um, to really sort of make their dreams my dreams and mm. kind of... Uh, uh, give them everything that, that they didn't have growing up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've, I've always just sort of been drawn that way. And my parents never let us, you know, do anything otherwise. I, I grew up in, in the heart of South Central LA, you know, mm-hmm. I can throw up some gang signs. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I can go into the hood and I'd be totally fine. Um, so you know but, hood sign language, you know, you know hood sign language. Oh, yeah, of course yeah. I do. I know, but I don't want to call it out because I, 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 I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But, um, you know, being able to navigate both spaces, I think, like, mm-hmm. I, I really honor uh, having grown up uh, with with that background, I wouldn't change it for the world mm. because it, it sort of it really fostered what I am today. And uh, it was hard, you know, it was hard growing up and watching my friends get shot or killed or get involved in drugs. But it's those life experiences that I think um, have made me really connect with my patients. It was all sort of uh kind of meant to be <laughs> that's beautiful have you, you as you i'm curious if your experience is similar to you know growing up in a chicano mexicano uh family at least in my family when i was working at toys r us since i had like a uniform i remember my grandma she, she swore i was a doctor Oh, I love that. Yeah. No, I mean, we, honestly, we never went to the doctor. It was always like, you know, mom's tea or grandma would say, you know, that this is what you needed to do. It's like when we went to the doctor, it was because we were practically on our deathbed, you know. So I I had this idealistic view that I could change that. And, uh, and, you know, and it's still... It's still very much there. It it yeah. takes time. You know, I, I'm not like a trust fund baby. Everything that I've built, I've I've done it all myself. I've never had any handouts or anything like that. You know, wow. so it takes time. But my eventual goal is to establish a nonprofit for indigenous women and and oh, and women yeah. who really need help and who can't you know who can't afford healthcare. That's right. sort of like a long term goal. You right. know. <laughs> And, and so, I want to make it so our our community, um, you know, doesn't has access. I, that that's the most important part, I think. <clears throat> exactly. No. No. And um, and that's the thing, right? Is that the construct of of access is like uh, corporatized, as you know, and and um, and it doesn't really uh, that so that 
affects the 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 you know accessibility obviously and the and the playing field if you will of like how we can um you know connect with all with all the underserved and the you know like the community that doesn't just doesn't doesn't have access or doesn't even realize that they can you know i mean they can get it but only to a limited extent they can't get go like specialists you know what i mean is they know the process if you go to all of you for example over here you know the county yeah. if you don't have insurance it's a whole long complicated you know maze to, you, you know what i mean and it's and it's, it shouldn't be that way like countries as you know like countries throughout the world they you know healthcare is a is a right not a privilege right and the, and the exactly should, and it should be that way and, and it's horrible that we live in a country that's so wealthy and and we can't get it right you know it just mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i always say like you know i obviously coming from a very humble background um i'm i'm always getting phone calls from my mom i, I already know when my mom or dad calls me it's because their neighbor's daughter's son you know <laughs> they need help and yeah. i'm like i'm like by default the community doctor <laughs> even yeah. though i'm a gynecologist <laughs> but yeah. but through the connection with my parents and their church and you know i'm like what about all those people that don't have that connection you know because i try to help as much as i can i you know if somebody calls me and they're like hey you know i'm you know, the other day I got a phone call and uh, it was a, you know, a person who works with um, kids with Down syndrome and uh, she's amazing and the work that she does is incredible, but she can't afford health insurance and she had just been diagnosed with cervical cancer and somehow she found me through my mom and, <laughs> and I connected her with a colleague and I'm like, I need you to do me a favor, like this she needs to be seen. She's young. She's got cervical cancer and she was seen. But you think about all those people that don't have that connection. And I would love to, you know, sort of close that, that gap. Yes. Um, yes. Because yes. Yeah. I'm a, you know, I'm a, a children's social worker as well. You know, my um, day job as well. Like, uh, and so, you know, in coming, you know, in contact with so many families that, are like you know our migrant relatives like so quote unquote undocumented that don't that rather you know go to the colmena you know and that's awesome too but like they also <laughs> gotta have you know what I mean the balance of yeah. of like what you what your expertise brings right and so like but because of of they with the same you know integrity of like I don't want to be I don't want um any any handout so I'm not gonna you know the and they so they worry about the paying the bill, right? So that's like which creates a a blockage of like access, like you're saying, and and that's where we, yeah. you know, that's great that you are even there. So you know, you're still doing it. In the, you know, yeah, kind of, I try. You know, I'm just like one person, but I've I I have a lot of colleagues that I know that they would step up to the plate, and it's kind of nice to have those mm. those connections, you that's know. Great. And, yeah <laughs> and when you when you did your undergrad like did you already know did you did you already kind of was that already kind of like because you know like I, a lot of everyone goes to, to the undergrad and think oh, i'm gonna be this. yeah and then, and then you know and then you'll become it like i wanted to be an optometrist right at first no i had oh my god you guys i did uh when i was an undergrad i really i 
I love animals. So I thought I wanted to be a vet. And then when I was there, I sort of really connected with the Chicano community and uh, um, LMSA, which is the Latino Medical Student Association. Um, and I, I, my major was Spanish literature. Like I completely excelled at that. I love the poetry. I just, you know, I would go to these poetry jam sessions and I don't think anybody thought that I would end up going to medical school, you know? Um, it just sort of was very serendipitous how that happened. But I thought, you know, I, I here I am. I, I've been so lucky and I, I got into an Ivy League school through the grace of God. I don't even know wow. how that happened. Um, wow. But, um, you know, I was, I, I, I thought if I'm going to do something, I better make it big. And, um, and it was sad because when I, when I wanted to apply, you know, the college counselor was like, no kid, you're not cut out for the science. Like you do really well in Spanish literature and in the arts and you're like a mm. A minus student in the science, you know, you should really be like a, a teacher or something, mm. you know, she, she broke mm. my heart. I, I, I wow. was so convinced that she would be like, yeah, you know, go to medical school and, and, you know, do your thing. You can do it. Um, and you know, that was the first and the last time that I ever listened to somebody telling me what I can and can't do. Right. Um, because of that college, you know, uh, counselor, I took a year off thinking that I wouldn't get into medical school. And I, I waitressed, I friggin' killed myself studying for my MCAT and, uh, which is the, test that we have to take to get into medical school and when I finally applied a year later they were like what the hell like why didn't you apply right out of college you would have gotten in oh, um wow. and I you know in my mind I was thinking I'm just not good enough you know yeah. and and it's sad because I think a lot of people of color get that like you're just not good enough and you should do something else you know just the other day I was talking to another a uh, uh, female doctor, she's black, and she was telling me, like, you know, we're 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 taught to like, even in medical school, there's this huge discrepancy. You know, they they tell you, you know, as a Latina, like you should be in family medicine or internal medicine, which is great, you know, but honestly, like those are some of the lowest paying jobs as a physician, mm. and it's like, well, oh, why I can't I be? Why can't I be, you know, a plastic surgeon or why can't I do something where I could really make a living for myself and give back to my community? There's other ways to help without guilt tripping me into, you know, uh, doing a specialty where I'm going to be killing myself every day and not really making a difference. I think it's sad and I want more Latinos to to see me and to mm -hmm. see others like me be like, yeah, I can do that. You know, mm -hmm. you don't have to be stuck in this mm -hmm. vicious cycle of poverty because there's so much more, obviously like money is in everything, but it will certainly get you to be able to help more people. Yes. If you can. It, that's, I, I'm glad you said that because we somehow have this, um, you know, this kind of almost this like inner, inner dialogue. Well, you can't make money. You're not supposed to make money. You're not supposed to, no, because money is how we're we're able to empower, how we're able to get things done, how we're able to to help out in in so many ways, and we can't be shameful, ashamed to be to think like that. So it's great that you bring that out yeah. because it's so we really need to 
understand, you know, like uh, the the economics that we that we live in and how and we really need to do that. So that's great that you bring that up. How, how, yeah, how we need more or? successful Latinos. We got to <laughs> push each other. It's important, you know. We got to support each other, and we got to like, you know. I mean, anytime I need something done. I'm like looking for my Latino brothers and sisters, you know, or my black brothers and sisters, because I want to elevate them. Yeah. I, it's so important that we that we show each other that we can do this and that we're united as a community. Yeah, no, that, that's a beautiful thing. I did wanted to ask him, <clears throat> excuse me, how did that influence you developing uh, Hurt Inc? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I, I really wanted to have a, a space where uh, females could come and um, be completely comfortable and feel like they could be vulnerable with me and know that I would be sort of their biggest advocate. Um, I'm, I'm an artist by nature. You know, I, yes, I'm a doctor and very, I have you know, the scientific part of me, but I also have this creative side of me where, you know, I wanted my practice to, you know, for you to walk in and you'd be amazed when you walk in, you know, it's something completely unexpected. It's, it's a treat. It's a, it's a gift that I can give my patients where they walk in and they're not in a sterile environment, you know, they feel like they're at home. It almost feels like a spa. Mm -hmm. It's a place where, um, you know, they can sort of let go of their worries and let me, you know, sort of take care of them. And, and, and I don't know. Um, it was always my dream to have a place where a woman can sort of get all of her needs um, met. And, um, and then sort of, serendipitously, I, I started also treating men. Um, uh, I became sort of like a, a little bit of an expert in hormone therapy. And by nature, you know, it's not just women that are, you know, affected with their hormones. Men are too. It's just that men don't talk about it as much, you know. It's not like you're sitting around, you know, <laughs> at the bar, you know, saying, hey, I have a problem with my erection. Or, yeah. you know, I, <laughs> I can't uh, get it up. But you can tell me, you know, I can help you with that. <laughs> that's that's so, I don't know. I just, I wanted people to have someone that they can approach, someone that feels more like a friend, you know, than, than anything. Yes, and then, so. and then um, no, and and you know, like we're, uh, you know, because we're always talking about uh, colonialism, right? And so, and you know, religion um, has is was a big component of colonizing us as indigenous people, and 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 religion always, you know, espouses, you know, shame of sexuality. Like even you know, right? For example, the Virgin Mary, right? Like. Oh, like she birthed Jesus, but she was a virgin because it's so shameful that she had it sex, happened. right? And so, like, so, so that's why it's so super important that you are having this space, you know, that that you can yeah. you know, talk, and and that's what also I really liked about watching your post too. I, I like you didn't you weren't snooty, snooty or whatever. You were just real, like yo. Blah, blah, blah. And like, <laughs> yo, that's like, wow. Like, you mean you know. like this? <laughs> <laughs> you 
if my mom if my mom saw these videos oh my god so my you guys, I I inherited my vulgarity from my mom. You know, she used to. I remember one time she was like, we were sitting at the dinner table, and out of the blue, my mom's like, "Mija, don't ever let anybody kiss you down there." And I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "Dad!" And I look at my dad. I'm like, "I feel sorry for you. Like my mom kiss you down there, you know." <laughs> I mean, you should see my siblings with my parents, but no, I really, you know, I grew up in a very, very strict Catholic household. I was in the choir. I mean, I, you know, I came as close to giving the 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 la hostia, but um, I don't know. I think that I think that we need to embrace our sexuality. I yes. think for so long, you know, so many women live very repressed and they need to be more selfish, you know, mm -hmm. because it's important. I think it's important for happiness in a relationship that you take care of each other, you know. For men, I mean, I, I don't know if this is true or I think it's true. I think for men it's a lot easier to have an orgasm. You know, for women, Women are very complex, you know. Everything has to sort of be in the right space. Their head needs to be in the right space. Um, you know, if, if things aren't right, they're they're going to yeah. be thinking about the laundry and <laughs> you know the kids they got to pick up and the spin cycle. You know, I, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you know, it's it's important that we don't uh, shame women mm -hmm. uh that we allow them to sort of embrace their sexuality and 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 be okay with it you know mm -hmm. yeah, tell, 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 tell us about um uh, they're not called dildos they're called vibrators <laughs> <laughs> they're called smile makers yeah i was watching one of your videos and you were, i think it was mr tennis no coach tennis <laughs> Oh, the tennis coach! Yeah, that's that's. I'm gonna tell you, it matches my shirt. You see, this is this is the tennis coach. And so for for you men out there, um, you you know, you're sort of wondering like, what does this do? You know, sometimes people think that like you need this like massive vibrator or this. You know, clearly whoever was designing vibrators back in the day. Um, it wasn't a woman thinking about it, right? Um, it, vibrators can be very simple. Women have 90% of their sensitivity is external. And so men that think that, oh, you know, I'm going to, you know, I need to be massive or I need to penetrate deeply or that doesn't do it. You know, you, you got to... You got to um, take care of the external part. Mm -hmm. And so this little guy does that. And um, oh. and I like it because it's kind of like a, a dual stimulator. Mm -hmm. um, so this little part goes actually inserted into, you know, the mm -hmm. vagina. And then this little nubbin right here uh, stimulates the clitoris. So it does both G-spot and oh. clitoral stimulation at the same time. And the the orgasms are extremely powerful. Oh, so wow. you add that combined with you in the picture, <laughs> it makes it even better. Hey, <laughs> hey tennis coach! Hey. I know! 
It's the perfect Christmas gift or birthday gift. <laughs> it's the gift of pleasure. <laughs> and, and, and you know, and that, this is a perfect segue into a question I had for, um, because I saw you also uh, discussing the, the HPV uh, like recently, right? And um, mm -hmm. and and I was. You know, upon upon learning about HPV, you know, the, um, the recent you know uh, times, right? Um, I was like, I was like stumped, and that's why I was like, oh, this would be a great question for you. It's like, obviously, we have you know, as human beings, we have been um, we have been you know partaking in you know all kinds of sexual activity, and now now it seems like. And like I think you spoke to it too because it, one of my coworkers um, mentioned, "Oh man, you know, like uh, I I got um I got uh you know HBV or cancer in my glands because you know I enjoy giving oral sex, uh, you know, and and I got that, and I'm like thinking, wow, so like how as you know the in existence of human beings, and you know we have." had to have been engaging and now all of a sudden we're you know what i mean like now we yeah get cancer like so that's why i would like but you kind of spoke to it in the but yeah it's, for you to it's been well i mean hpv has been around for a really long time it, it you know we've been only recently i mean i'm saying like probably within the last 15 20 years that we actually have a test for it but it's probably been around forever and truthfully, if you're sexually active, you have about an 85% chance that at some point in your life, you're going to get exposed to HPV. Unless, you know, you're the only person that is, you know, like you guys are monogamous and you've never had any other partners in your life because that really is the only way that you can get HPV. You're not going to get HPV from sitting on a toilet without the toilet tissue. <laughs> You're not going to get HPV from a jacuzzi, you know. You get it from uh, either oral sex or kissing or, uh, uh, you know, vaginal sex or anal sex are, are the different ways that you can get it. Um, and, you know, we we now know that obviously there's higher risk types of HPV, um, 16 and 18, which are the more aggressive types. Those are the ones that cause cervical cancer, but it's completely preventable. Um, HPV, if you get vaccinated, you know, some people think, um, you know, they're afraid, right? It's, it's all about educating people. They think that if they get the vaccine that they're gonna get HPV. And that's not the case. HPV vaccine works just like any other vaccine. It introduces your body to a portion of the protein that's seen on the virus, and then your body builds an, an immunity to it. So there's no doubt that at some point in your life, you're going to get exposed to HPV. But if you're vaccinated, you're able to fight it off. So the way to fight off the virus, really, there's no like magic uh, antiviral or anti you know, antibiotic that you can take to get rid of it, it's going to be having a really healthy immune system that will take care of it. Um, and it takes patience, you know. Um, a lot of times as doctors, we may be a little too aggressive in treating it. And certainly if it already comes in very late stages, you know, you, you do want to do something about it. 
But a lot of the times, if you just give the human body an opportunity to see this as a foreign virus, eventually it will get rid of it, pending you are not putting yourself, you know, at uh, doing risky behavior, which is having multiple partners, having unprotected sex, because that is how you get it, you know? Yeah. And, and the HPV virus, it, it's relatively new, because I remember my older my now 16 year old did get it. But I think there was like, I remember talking to her pediatrician at the time, like they still weren't like fully on board. Well, at least that's what they were like, they were, they were sharing. And so then it kind of created like, mm -hmm. oh, shoot, do we get it or not? But then the school. Oh, to get the vaccine? Yeah, for the vaccine. No, the vaccine has been around for a really long time. In fact, we've, we've had a lot of studies now that show that the vaccine is like 95 to 98% protective against mm. cervical cancer. And now the newer studies have also shown that the vaccine, um, you know, before we used to say, oh, age nine to 26, but now the criteria has increased from age nine to 45. And they've also included women who have tested positive for HPV. You know, they used to think oh, that, that take it? If, you, if you already have HPV, you can't get the vaccine. Mm -hmm. That's not true. A recent study showed that um, even if you are uh, positive for HPV, you should get the vaccine because there's different types of HPV out there and it, it can boost your immune system so you're able to fight it uh, better. So, yeah, so, but so, no, the vaccine has been around for a long time. Oh, no, okay. It's uh, it's got a lot of uh, studies that have shown its safety, you know. Um, and 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 we want a lot of our community to be a, a more aware, you know, because we live in a very mistrusting, right? We don't trust the medical system, exactly. but, but unfortunately, we're the ones that are progressing to cervical cancer and it's because of that you know it's it's it, uh, you know a lot of it is we're disenfranchised we don't have access to health care but a lot of it is also we don't trust <laughs> we don't trust these vaccines um you know and and it's unfortunate because so then does that mean we're that the ones that end up hydrochloroquine <clears throat> does not work for hpv no <laughs> who told you that <laughs> <laughs> oh my god no it does not I'm teasing <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so then um so then in the in you know like in the history of like the western medicine then h when was hpv identified like when was it like because i was you know because i'm old school i came from the 80s right i was in high school in the 80s and um and you know the sex ed didn't mention hpv obviously like like I like I mentioned, it just you didn't hear about it, you know, until you know, yeah. It seems like it seems like you're not hearing about it until recently. Yeah, and, uh, you know, a lot of that was because we weren't really testing for it before. We were just seeing the Pap smear, and the Pap smear was abnormal, and you know, and then now we sort of like have figured out, oh, well, okay. the abnormality is caused by this virus. Okay. So we shouldn't just check the pap smear. We should also check for the presence of the virus. But like I said, this virus has been around okay. forever. Wow. Cervical cancer has been around right. forever. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. And there's a question in the, in the chat. They say, they're asking, so you can have the vaccine at any age 
I thought was before you be, it became active. That's what why the pediatrician. Yeah, very good question. So yeah, in the in the past, um, it was you um, you give the vaccine starting at age nine because hopefully age nine kids are not sexually active then. Although I I have had some patients that are at that age and you know they are active but the goal is to get them before they're exposed to the virus um but now we're we're offering the vaccine age 9 to 45 and even beyond that i have patients that are in their 60s um mm. who you know had a new partner and now they're testing positive for it um, and so they can still get it. They just have to pay out of pocket. Like it's no longer covered by insurance. Oh, okay. And the, and the vaccine is for male and female and non-binary? Okay. Absolutely. But yeah, everybody. Mm. Oh, I didn't know that. Hmm. Yeah. There we go. See, that's why they keep for beauty. Hold on, let me get my yeah. notepad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, I gotta make a doctor's appointment. Yeah. We actually had a we had a, a question from uh, someone who asked what we posted on the the Instagram. They asked, um, "Is hormone replacement uh, good or bad post menopause?" No, oh, it's excellent. Now, again, I do have to tell you, I'm I'm very biased about this because. Um, you know, I I did a fellowship um, that involved um, really learning about hormone therapy, looking at the clinical trials, and seeing exactly you know what it did and how people benefited. Um, you know, in the past we used to think like one of the biggest scares that women had was that hormone replacement therapy could potentially cause breast cancer. And there was a, a huge study, it was called the Women's Health Initiative that was done over 20 some years ago. And um, that study, they basically put everyone and their mother on hormone therapy. Um, and they shouldn't have done that. You know, they should have done their due diligence and they should have seen if the patients were actually able to do hormone therapy. So you don't want to give it to someone who has a history of breast cancer and you don't want to give it to somebody who doesn't have a mammogram, uh, like a recent mammogram showing that they don't have any evidence of a cancer. But now we know that hormone therapy doesn't cause a cancer, but if there is a cancer there, it can stimulate its growth. So that's the biggest fear with hormone therapy. Now, the benefits to hormone therapy are incredible. I mean, they've done twin studies where they've had identical twins. Uh, one of the twins was on hormone therapy and the other twin was not. And when you look at, you know, 10 years of being on hormone therapy, the twin that was not on hormone therapy has all kinds of medical issues, high blood pressure, you know, high cholesterol, uh, diabetes, um, and also looks 20 years older. You do a side by side mm -hmm. and it's, so it's as close as we can come to anti-aging as possible. And, and it's not just about anti-aging, but it's also about quality of life mm -hmm. and also mm -hmm. protecting women and men from heart disease because 
we are more likely to die of a heart attack or a stroke than we are to die of a breast cancer or a prostate cancer. One in three women, one in three women will die of a heart attack or a stroke after menopause. If you put them on hormone therapy, they will live a very long, healthy life. Uh, Same thing for men. Mm. That's I yeah. I, mean, I, 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 up? Uh, I, I where do we sign up? Yeah. <laughs> we'll get your blood drawn. It's super easy. Yes. No, I'm I'm being serious. Like I, you know, my goal really is to educate people, and I can tell you that my happiest, healthiest patients are the ones that have their hormones like in balance. You know, when mm-hmm. when when you're dealing with a partner that's going through menopause. I mean, I take my dad, for example, when my mom went through menopause, he was like, who the hell is this woman? Like, I have no idea. She all of a sudden, you know, was moody. She was jealous. She thought my dad was having an affair. And it's like my poor dad. He's like this church going by, you know, like even But it was oh, all hormonal. Like, it just... It was, you know, it, she just wasn't herself because she was missing the hormones that tell her body what to do. And, and it, it's, it, um, it's a source of a lot of problems, not just obviously health-wise, but I think in a relationship, there's a, a huge discrepancy when a woman goes through menopause because all of a sudden she's not interested in you anymore. She doesn't want to have sex anymore because it's not her and it's not that she doesn't love you. It's that she doesn't have that internal drive mm-hmm. to, to want to have sex. Same thing for men. You know, when they get older and they start to lose their testosterone, it's a gradual process. But, you know, all of a sudden they may start to notice like, you know, I don't get morning erections anymore, or I can't hold my erection like I used to before. Um, and, you know, or I'm yeah. gaining weight and I, I can't build muscle and my endurance is bad. And I find that I'm really tired. Those are all signs. It's just that people don't talk about it. But uh, 99% of the time, if somebody tells me that they're having those symptoms and I check their hormones, it's always low, you know, and you replace it and you're like, all of a sudden you're like a goddess to them. Like, oh my God, you fixed my life. Like, I'm a whole different person. When can I make an appointment? We're also taking donations. Yes, I know. Anytime, you guys. You guys, will we'll do a Saturday appointment. You can come in whenever. Anyone in the back alley? Yeah. <laughs> in my garage. In regards to sexuality, I didn't even know, but now that I'm older, I remember my grandfather, he was like in the 60s, and I remember we spent the night at my grandparents' house in Pacoima, and I, heard, I was hearing, uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. <laughs> and I was like, I had to be like 12 years old, no lie. Uh-huh. Probably younger. Oh, my God. I asking my older cousin, I go, what, what are they doing? What's and, and these are our grandparents. And I mean, talking about that, the nice. I thought my grandma was like the Virgin Mary. <laughs> Even though she's yeah. a kid. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. That's actually very rare, you know, that, that you would get that. But, um, uh, but yeah, you fix the hormones and that'll all get better. Well, 
thank you for that. So much, so much but, information. I do have one last question. And, and for those of, those of you who are in the feed right now, in a little bit, we do a part what we call the honoring. And honoring is a tradition that, that we host, we hold here in this space where we honor people. And this one specifically, if you know somebody who passed away, you could go ahead and type their name inside that little comment area just to honor that person but we'll get to that right now but my last my last question for elena is uh what you're gonna gynecologist when's the appropriate age for young women to see a gynecologist ah very good question so i you know i always say like Obviously, when, you, when you're thinking about having sex, the goal is to have you come in beforehand so that we can do some sex education. Uh, you know, for young females, you know, one of the things that we worry about is unwanted pregnancy. Um, and also, obviously, being exposed to STDs, because as you guys know, and what we talked about earlier, your chance of HPD is 85%. And so you want to educate not just females, but males as well. Um, and so, you know, I have patients as young as 11 years old. Um, and I have patients that are in their 40s and they're still virginal. But, you know, the first pap smear should be done by age 21. Um, okay. But I see patients way before that, you know, especially if they're interested in, in birth control options um, or if they're having serious bleeding issues or oh. pain with their periods or that kind of stuff. So you're never too young. You know, a lot of times they say 18 and under, you see the pediatrician and then beyond that, you see the gynecologist. But we see all different ages depending on what problem they're having. <clears throat> Mm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm having that conversation with my 16 year old. And uh, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but my ego of my man's side is saying, okay, she'll so <laughs> see a gynecologist when she's 35. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but I no, but I, I, I want to set my daughter up for success. So she, you know. Yes. And, and, it's um, hard. It's hard as a dad. It's hard as a parent. You know, like you kind of have to sort of make sure that. Uh, you know, she she kind of has access to talk to somebody. Um, I've seen a lot of parents that, you know, by the time they bring their kid in, their kid is already like having sex, doing drugs, like, you know, all kinds of stuff. And mm -hmm. you, you, you don't want to sort of put the blindfolds over your eyes as well as a parent. <laughs> you, know, you love your kid. You want the best for them. But you also want to be able to give them that free space where they can talk to you um, if and if they're even considering that. Hopefully not, um, but you know you also have to sort of be realistic. I think you know, especially nowadays when they have access to social media and you know it's almost like the norm that on the first date you're expected to you know have sex or you know it's it's just sad. But that's just sort of the state of the world that we live in right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so then, um, what like what would you what would you want to like convey like on uh, like on our uh, you know right here that we have the space like to the the people watching and the people that will watch it after you know after we save this so like what would you want to convey to the community about like about what you do or what you would want yeah. to yeah 
Well, I mean, the first thing I want to convey um, is I'm just like you. And, you know, I kind of want to be a role model um, for other young Latinos, uh, male and female, who are considering a career in medicine. Um, I want them to know that they can reach out to me if they're thinking about it or want to know, like, what are some of the things that they can do so they can be successful and achieve their goals. Um, I want them to know that, you know, there are more of us out there uh, and there needs to be more of a presence uh, of us out there because I think that that's sort of going to be the best way where we can uplift each other um, and really create a really powerful impact in our community. Oh, great. Yes. And, and thank you so much for being, <laughs> just thank you for, so much for being and being there and, and being uh -huh. present, you know, on, you know, on social media, like it just really, because, you know, you're just a plethora of information and, and that, that isn't discussed, you know, so thank you. Thank you so yeah. much. For, uh, for well, thank you guys and what you do. <laughs> it's you. important. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and so, so coming to this part right here, we like to, <clears throat> we like to honor um, the, our sisters, our aunties, our tias, our grandmas, our great grandmas, and, and those women who have transitioned before us. Um, <clears throat> So I just want to, and if you have someone that you want to say, you go ahead and say and say and say their name. But I'll start it off to give the example. And actually, yesterday was my grandma's birthday. I've been oh. talking about it the whole week, the past the past uh, few mm. sessions that we were on. But um, I want to acknowledge my grandma for for her existence. And I know um, in my head that she's dancing like the the jitterbug up there with the, in the heavens. <laughs> so I want to acknowledge my grandma and uh, all of my family who has passed away in the past few years. And I'm going to pass it to Yao, and the Yao will pass it to you, and then I'll take it back. Um, well, I mean, it's just like, I uh, just want to kind of, because last week I kind of like went down the, the list of <laughs> or, <laughs> of my, my family, but I, I guess I just want to, you know, honor the original peoples of, of here, like the Toy Purina who, who existed here, like, in, and, uh, try to, you know, organize and rise up against the missionary system, um, just the Spanish mission system. And, you know, just like want to honor, you know, that ancestor and those, and that kind of spirit, you know, that's kind of spirit of resilience, um, you know, and, um, and coming back to who we are as indigenous people and reclaiming that balance that you spoke of, uh, uh, Dr. Yeah. That's that balance that, you know, like we need to, be okay with being, you know, with our male female energies, our our sexuality, and you know all that. So they, so thank you, and that's what I would like to. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to honor uh, my uh, one of my best friends' mom who just passed away last week. Um, uh, it, it was uh, she lived a very long, uh, beautiful life, and she's you know was surrounded by her kids and her grandkids. Um, so I want to honor her, and I also want to honor Soraya, who you guys knew very well, and who was my patient and who I loved, and she was an incredible force to be reckoned with. Um, I want to honor, you know, one of my patients who I just found out last week also that she passed away in surgery. Um, and, uh, you know, I just... I'm thinking about her. I, I feel it. It hurts me. And, you know, I, I know that they are all obviously doing so much better now. Mm. 
Thank you. Thank you. So if any of you all who are in here, if you want to type in a name, you could type in the name of that person. <clears throat> and if not, um, we're going to be closing up for the for the evening. I want to thank you, Elena. It was so yeah. Yay! I, I appreciate it. Thank you. We definitely, we definitely thank you, guys. This is so much fun. <laughs> and you came with it right off the bat. Like, I know. Like, we, oh, we, yeah. We'll do a final shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. How do, you, how do you come up with the names, though? I didn't even ask. How do, you, how do, how do the names come Oh. You know, this is this is just clever marketing from uh, from the the company. It's a it's a woman owned company. Mm. They're called Smile Makers, but oh, wow. yeah. So this this guy's the Frenchman and the tennis coach and the millionaire, and then this is the the fireman because it looks like a little fire thing. And then I don't know how this guy became the surfer, but you know, that's the surfer. <laughs> and then we have the romantic. This is like the ginormous. That that one is massive. And then this one's my favorite. I think you guys have seen this one. <laughs> this one is that's the bar. This is called the Mary Sucking Vibrator because it kind of sucks on the clitoris right oh. there. So they're all very clever names, you know, clever marketing, but I think it's what appeals to women, you know? <laughs> is, is there is there one called the politician? Like it talks a lot, but oh. doesn't do nothing? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like the battery's dead, right? What about the carpenter? If you want a good smash. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. I like it. <laughs> we we got to create our own line. I, I think know, that would be <laughs> I know that would be pretty funny. <laughs> you could be like, we could create one called the artist, like it's creative. The artist, it's always tired. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so funny. That's true. Thank you, Elena. We appreciate it. All right, thank you, guys. Thank you. you guys have a good day. All right, you too. Bye, bye. Definitely, peace. Thank you. Bye. Take care. <laughs> All right. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Close out. Any yeah, last, yeah. last thoughts? Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. Like, it's really good to have all that space, you know. Like, thank you that she, you know, gave us the, you know, the the time and to share what she does. It's like really, you know, I'm really uh, grateful for that that we're able to do that, right? And and get our laugh out, right? That was like <laughs> no, but thank you all. Please follow if you're not following Dr. Elena. Uh, we wish you all uh, abundance in all of your journeys that are here. Thank you all and stay blessed. Daku Oyasi to all my people.